Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Champion Drew McIntyre joins us and talks all about his match for a very first time in a singles match with AJ Styles at TLC. Also, it's Trish Stratus's birthday, and she actually gives us a call on her birthday to talk to Tommy and I. Also, we get into a conversation with Sting's run in the WWE, with morphs into a conversation about the NWO and DX right now on the Busted Open podcast. Drew, how are you this morning? I'm fantastic. How's everyone doing? We're Good. doing great now that I get to see your handsome face, young man. Fire up. That's a nice little Christmas tree you got going yes. on. Oh, thank you, Tommy. Yeah, the wife has gone Christmas crazy this year. She felt like 2020 needed some more Christmas cheer, so she's put a Christmas tree in every single room, including my office here. Well, hey, it looks good. Makes That's what she does. She makes you look even better. She does. She doesn't. She actually taught herself how to do, like, my beard and hair. She taught herself how to use a straight razor. So every time she gets close to my neck, that's when the difficult questions come out. (laughs) I would never trust any human being with a straight razor to my throat ever. I could stick a straight razor in my forehead, no problem. Go coast to coast, but no one else is going to control that razor. But you know what, Tommy? Like that's, That's pure love and trust because, you know, having been married once, twice, three times a La Greca, if that straight razor was with my first wife or second wife, you may not be talking to me right now, Tommy. <laughs> definite, definite. Yeah. I couldn't trust. Well, you got a good one there, Drew, because I don't know if I can trust that. <laughs> Oof, never. Speaking of blades, that is isn't a flashback. I believe you fashioned me my first ever one, Tommy, in the UK. <laughs> uh, probably. You, did. you absolutely did. Nice. <laughs> a flashback there. <laughs> Stick this in your head and just go, kid. <laughs> Welcome to the WWE universe. So yeah, well, the lost art. Another another company, but yeah, you taught me how to do it, so I appreciate that. If it ever comes back or needed one day. Well, you talk about danger. You have a dangerous match coming up on Sunday with AJ Styles, a tables, ladders, and chair match for your WWE Championship. What's the mindset going into a match like we're going to see on Sunday? Um, I guess uh, don't get hurt is <laughs> number one. Um, yeah, I'm not a big big fan of heights, uh, but I love the opportunity to create, you know, a spectacle for the fans, especially, you know, being WWE champion. I want to put on as exciting a match as possible. You know, TLC offers a lot of opportunities to make a very entertaining match and to cap it all off. You know, wrestling AJ Styles, somebody that I've wanted to wrestle legitimately since I was 16 years old. Somehow we've been like ships in the night for years. They've passed each other. Like when I was outside the company and in independence, and multiple promoters tried to make the match. It wouldn't happen. He went to WWE. 
you know, I wasn't quite back in the company yet. I was in NXT. He was on SmackDown. We both ended up on Raw. I finally uh, turned babyface. He went off to SmackDown. I feel like he's been ducking me for years, actually. And then finally, he made his way back um, to Raw. And I was brought as eight foot bodyguard. I'm finally getting the match I always wanted with AJ Styles. But I didn't expect it to be in TLC. But I guarantee everybody a heck of a match. And, uh, yeah, there's going to be some crazy stunts. You know, I get a little crazy out there. I don't love heights, but, of course, at Hell in the Cell, I went on top of the cell and I fell off the side of the cell because I'm willing to do that for the fans, even though Drew McIntyre freaking hates heights. It, wait, so you're telling – this your first singles with AJ? Yep. Wow. Oh, wow. See, I love when that stuff happens. That's awesome. I mean, not enough pressure. Good thing that there's no fans there because that would add to the fat pressure. But I mean, you got listen. I've wrestled both you guys, and you're so both on top of your game. Uh, I would say the hidden factor for him is his nice little uh, bodyguard who's uh, seemed to get a little bit more involved. You'd have to just throw a ladder at him, just chuck it as hard as you can right in his head. He's very tall, and uh, <clears throat> but you're both. It'll be a great performance, like you have been. Uh, we had. Mark Henry, he normally comes in on Fridays and does this. I'm uh, his host. He He's telling me when he has a blood infection. I know he's just got the gout. He ate some bad shellfish. But uh, he wanted to ask you a specific question that Dave wrote down because I don't remember things. <laughs> You're oh. unbelievable, Tommy, but that, that was good. What, what Mark wanted to ask you, Drew, is are you ready for when this pandemic is over? Because he was talking about, boy, imagine what it would be like if we were on a U.K. tour. Imagine what if, if we had the normal holiday show at a sold-out Madison Square Garden. And he really thinks that, as a champion, you've been underappreciated because you have been doing it without fans. So are you ready for when this pandemic is finally over and you'll be able to perform in front of fans again? Yes, 100%. Um, I mean, everything happens for a reason. You know, 2020 has obviously been a difficult year for everybody. And, you know, my journey, all the ups and downs and everything prepared me to be champion. I didn't realize it was preparing me to be champion in a pandemic and nothing phases me anymore because of all my experiences. And I've been proud, um, you know, to carry the load um, and try to innovate and adapt during these difficult times, give everyone original content, give everyone an escape. But, I miss the fans more than anything. <laughs> Finally, after 20 years, you know, everything just fell into place leading up to WrestleMania. You know, I was truly being myself. The fans got behind me naturally. And I was getting reactions like I'd never heard in my entire life for just being myself and kicking butt. And like, a, more importantly, being myself on the microphone, which was absolutely wild to me. And, you know, it sucked kind of losing the fans um, when the pandemic hit. But nonetheless, like, my goal is just to keep them entertained. Hopefully they're enjoying what you see. Hopefully they know I'm working as hard as I possibly can to keep them entertained because I cannot wait to walk out in front of a live crowd. Got my title down here, actually. Why am I not holding it up and raise this thing for the first time in <laughs> nice. front of everybody? Like, that's the thing I'm looking forward to the absolute most. And like you mentioned, the tours, oh my goodness. Like, the UK tour is going to be absolutely insane. I've got some big goals as champion, and one of them, basically the top of the list, is getting a significant pay-per-view back to the UK, the level of SummerSlam 92. It's 30 years. I think it's about time. You know, Drew, as someone who's literally saw your first match on the main roster, myself, Mark, Bubba, we all talk about <clears throat> it's unfair. It's unfair to you for how hard you've worked and how great that you've become that you cannot perform so far in front of fans. So you get this from your peers. We want the world to see your greatness 
not just experience it live, but we also want that for you because we've all had our moments. Your moment was in front of an audience, which is still, still big at home, but we want you to be able to, but to feel that. And we pray to God it happens fast, but just so you know how your peers feel about you. We all like, we all know you got it and we all know you worked your ass off for it. And we talk about it. We talk about it all the time. And, you know, Mark's all about, uh, praising people while they're alive. And I'm just praising you while you're alive because that day, and you'll break down and start blubbering like a kid, uh, when it happens, just because you're holding it down during the, the worst of times for the world. And like you said, you're still being you entertaining, but it's, to me, it's going to be a big part of your legacy in this business. And, just your peers all respect you. Trust me, even Christian, and we all know he's a dick. <laughs> Man, you're trying to make me cry right now. Yeah, that means the world, Tommy. Uh, thank you. You know, that's the thing that does mean the most to me. You know, hearing that uh, from my peers, and especially yourself, Mark, Bubba, or Christian, to name a few. Hopefully, you feel that way because you've been part of my journey, and you've all helped me uh, become who I am today, and think the way I think today, and been part of those experiences—the ups and the downs. You know, like yourself, you were there. When I first got to America, thrown straight on the road, no idea what was going on. I was in California, got a concussion in the match. And then uh, you were the first one on the scene. You recognized something was wrong. And I, I don't remember the conversation, but I do. I did get told about it. You were the one saying, hey, you know, there's something wrong. Drew, where are you? We're in California. I went, Tommy, I know where I am. I'm at OVW, Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. She was there for me then. I remember being outside the company. We had a match in Independence. She got in the microphone, told the world. And the video that went viral, you know, like this kid's going to be something basically and TNA together I started doing the Claymore countdown you're the first I just tried it out a couple of indie shows you were the first one that said to me keep doing that three, two, one. you know that's pretty cool so you've been you know there from significant moments in my career and regarding how people remember me um, hopefully it's the most important thing to me I know you feel the same everyone who listens to this show is passionate about our business and I just want to be remembered as somebody who stepped up for wrestling you know during my time in independence it needed a face to help raise its profile. And I was lucky enough, especially in the UK, to be that face and help build business and build up wrestling. And obviously during the pandemic right now with WWE, that's just how I want to be remembered. When wrestling needed someone to step up, to step up. I should have told you I would need a royalty every time you do the three, two, one, and you win with it. Damn, I could have really... <laughs> Son of a bitch. Hey, yeah, Julie, so something else. Because as you know, how I used to address you as because I couldn't, <laughs> I would feel horrible because you'd be saying stuff to me and I'd be like, I'm sorry, what did you say? But you, your speech and the way you articulate has actually gotten a lot better. Did you take like promo classes or did Dusty help you? Like you articulate so much better than when I first met you. Yeah, I mean, it's a combination. I have things like number one, when it comes to my promos and interviews, that's definitely Dusty's got to get the credit there. Cause I hated talking um, on a front of a camera when I was younger. Uh, when I first got on the road, I had a conversation with uh, Vince himself one time and I was very upset about something. I was very passionate. I went to his office and I spilled my guts. I told him exactly how I felt for about three straight minutes and he put his glasses on the end of his nose, looked up <laughs> Ignored everything I just said and <laughs> let me know, Drew, we're going to have to get you some elocution lessons <laughs> after I just felt my gut. Um, I, I did one or two of those classes, but realistically, it was my time away from the company. And 
you know, really spending time on the microphone and getting comfortable with my own voice. If you watch old videos and promos and even me in real life, you know, I mumble a lot. And for some reason I talk from my throat. It sounds like now I've had like a second puberty the way like I talk because I'm actually speaking and being myself. And for some reason I get nervous in public as well when I was younger and I would speak so fast because of my accent. But I think it's a combination of time, being more confident in myself, I am in all of those promos during my time away from the company and independence and taking as many media opportunities as I could because I knew I had to get better. If I wanted to be a top guy one day, I had to get better at being understood. And hearing all the is and the what's for the first eight years I was in America was finally a wake-up call of Drew. If you want to get to the top of this business, you have to be understood because you have to be trusted with opportunities like right now when I get to talk to you guys. Well, you sold me on TLC just from what you said about AJ Styles, but also, too, that this is the first time that you guys are actually meeting one-on-one, and that's a fantasy matchup, Tommy. I mean, think about it. Like, to have an AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre in the ring for the WWE Championship, and then on top of it, it's a TLC match. And, Drew, I think a lot of times, and you talked about how you miss the fans and performing in front of fans, I think a lot of times fans take for granted these unique opportunities, and it sounds like this may event match on Sunday is definitely a unique opportunity for you. Yeah, I mean, I hope the fans are excited about it. From what I see on my social media and what I hear from our social media team, the fans are buzzing for the match. But like I mentioned already, for me personally, you know, this is a huge opportunity and something I've been looking forward to my entire career wrestling AJ Styles. Didn't expect it to be in this type of match. Nonetheless, I know it's going to be phenomenal. See what I did there? Um, and the fans are going to come away from it saying, wow, that was a heck of a match. And also, like a lot of people have noticed, I very much pride myself in every match, but especially my pay-per-view matches as WWE champion. Well, promotional-wise, I watch it just because I love wrestling. But uh, And I remember this story happened after the match. Terry Funk versus Tommy Rich wrestled in the ECW arena, and they came back, and Terry was like, that was pretty good. It was pretty good, you know, for a first time. And me and Paul were like, what? They hadn't wrestled ever. On, that was the first time they were wrestled. We're like, why don't you tell us that? This is like such a, a best way because you can only experience a first one time. And the fact that you guys are going to, like you said, both in the business 20 years, and this is going to be the first time you're the these two, it's the right time, right place, on top of being a TLC, off the charts to to just promote that as well as a hook to make fans like, wow, I want to see something happen for the first time ever because it's never happened before. So that's a big seller for me. Thank you. I can't wait. Hopefully Uncle Alan's ready because I'm going to beat his ass. <laughs> Again, Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, TLC match for the WWE Championship. Of course, and another amazing card. You can catch it on the WWE Network this Sunday. Drew, thank you always for the time. We truly appreciate it. No, thank you. It was great to catch up with you guys. Good to see you again, Tommy. I feel like it's been a minute. And uh, is there an Inferno match? Like, I'm, I probably should have asked this before we Yes, yeah, a yeah. Firefly Inferno match between Bray Wyatt, The Fiend, and Randy Orton. Does anyone know exactly what that is? I'm pretty intrigued by that myself. Uh, an Inferno well, match? Or are they standing each other on fire? Well, we're kind of thinking there's only been five Inferno matches in the WWE, so we're trying to say that you got to just set the other guy on fire. I gave my veteran advice to tell Randy no baby oil. Stay away from and, the baby. And uh, maybe go Tommy Dreamer route, wear a T-shirt. Maybe that'll help you. 
All right. Well, there's a good selling point. You have first time ever, Drew and AJ, TLC. You got Roman and KO in a TLC. That'll be exciting. And Randy and the Fiends are very wise. Someone's going to get set in fire. Sells itself. All right, lads. You're, thank you. It was good to catch thank you. Thank you. WWE champion Drew McIntyre. And again, Tommy, how about that? For a first time ever, Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles for the WWE championship. That's huge. A busted open exclusive. See, I just pull out the great interviews. Man, that good stuff. Tommy, the story you just told with Tommy Rich and Terry Funk. Like, that should be on a poster. You know, you're getting, you know, two former NWA champions in the ring for a first time, and it's kind of like they're in the back, and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, that was pretty good for a first time. Like, that's something that should be the headline uh, on a poster somewhere, you know? And they've been, they were wrestling like over 30 years. Uh, Same with like AJ and Drew. They're, you know, they're 20 years in. Yeah. And the fact that, their ships have never crossed paths is is it, it's amazing like and i was like i was like wait how did you not wrestle tommy rich and tommy was just like well when i was in georgia terry was here and you know i go you never fought for the NWA title and terry was uh tommy was like no and then terry was like yeah and then when i went to wcw you weren't there and they just they they never they never crossed paths. Tommy we Rich- even had uh, with Hacksaw, Hacksaw and the late Matt Bourne, they got into an, a physical altercation at an indie show and over something that happened in Mid-South Wrestling, and they never crossed paths from Mid-South Wrestling their entire career. Wow. And I even like asked Hacksaw, and he was just like, nah, man, like when I went to WWE – he was gone when he was in WCW. When I went to WCW, he was gone. And like, we never worked in the same territories ever since then. Tommy, that, so that, that was the first time that they ever like seen each other since, you know, the early 80s? No, no, no. They shared locker rooms, but never wrestled each other. And you think wow. about like the star power of a Terry Funk and the star power of a Tommy Rich, especially in the 80s, that they would have crossed paths, but they never did. Tommy Rich is one of those few wrestlers that was a major, major superstar in the 80s that never wrestled for the WWF. I don't know if he even ever – did he ever make an appearance at all in the WWF? I, be- I believe he worked the garden when they would bring in, like, local – not local favorites, when they would bring in, like, underneath guys. Not underneath guys. Like, they would – an undercard, I'm sorry, that I'm trying to say. They would uh, – I believe he did because I remember him, like, in that fringe jacket – and I'm pretty sure that's a good one to ask uh, George uh, or Bill. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta look that I'm up. Pretty I don't sure remember. he did work the garden. That's like like when I said like they bring like Harley races in not only just to work the title but to be like the undercard when this was Vince Senior and, and Tommy was you know such a popular babyface. I'm pretty sure. Next time I talk to him, I'll ask him. I I also would have to think that at some point Vince tried to lure in. Tommy Rich, because he was he so big in the early 80s. He did, and he said, uh, no, he didn't want to go, and it you know, didn't happen. But, I mean, you and I have discussed it. He would never – he probably wouldn't have made it. He would have been like Mr. Wrestling number two uh, in the sense of, you know, Vince would have seen him. He didn't have a great body. He, ha- he was charismatic, but 
you know, once Vince took over, you quickly saw the old guard go away, even like guys who were champions and they were older in their career, but they were, you know, the Rene Goulet's, Goulet, Tony Gurria, Pedro yeah. Morales. They were just going out there and getting, you know. Mad Dog beat. for Sean. Yeah, I mean. They like, getting squashed. Yeah, they were getting squashed. Uh, especially like you, you, Tony Gurria is a great example because within a year he went from being a tag team champion to somebody that was enhancement talent. Once uh, Vince McMahon took over from his dad. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. You know it's crazy, Bama Dave, and thank you so much for the phone call. Is the reason Sting didn't sign with the WWE is that he saw what a lot of former WCW talent was going through in the WWF, and he didn't want to have to go through that. He didn't want to taint his legacy at all. And with the exception of just a couple of guys, it's true. They were sent through the ringer. I mean, Vader probably being the the, the biggest one that comes to mind. Uh, Goldberg his, was another one as well. With with his, it also went with, yes, like what he saw, but he was like, I, he didn't think they would either A, know how to book Sting, or, and this has happened, penalize Sting. Mm-hmm. Because, hey, he wasn't their product, or try to change Sting. And then also he got offered a boatload of money to stay in Impact Wrestling. So (laughs) that boatload helps as well. But here's the other thing, too. Like, his fear did come true. When he eventually came to the WWE, I mean, think about it. You know, the, the mess with Seth Rollins aside, just think about that big WrestleMania match at WrestleMania 31. You know, like... You know, everybody wanted to see Sting. They had it early on in the show, so Sting didn't really have that extravagant entrance like he should have because it was uh, it was on during the day. And then he goes up against Triple H. It was a mess with the whole DX versus NWO and DX going over NWO. I mean, what the hell? By, by the way, what is Sting doing with the NWO? That makes no logical sense that Sting would be with the NWO. And then it's a mess. And did, honest to God, Tommy, did why are you laughing? I'm laughing because you're getting so mad. Because yes, now that I'm thinking about it, that was the whole thing, the storyline. Like Sting didn't know who he wanted to defend, WCW or the NWO. And the yes. fact that you're angry about, and I remember like the whole thing. They did one where Sting supposedly joined it. And then he ripped off the T-shirt and then he beat up everybody. But you're you almost got out of your Zoom box because you started getting mad about that. I I was in the press box. I was in the press box for that match. And when you're in a press box, you're supposed to be very quiet. You're not supposed to make any. I went fucking nuts when I saw the NWO come out to help Sting. 
That makes no logical sense at all. It's another example of them pissing on history because that means something to us. And then, honest to God, Tommy, having Triple H go over Sting in his first ever WrestleMania match and then to shove it right in your fucking face. Shove it right in your face. Three segments later, Triple H is out in the ring with Stephanie McMahon with a suit on. No selling the match that took place with Sting. In one match, the WWE negated the entire year of 1997 WCW. Like, am I wrong? Am I wrong? David... Yes. And by the way, and I I don't give a shit. I don't care what anybody says. You can't compare DX to the NWO. I'm sorry. They love to say, oh, my God, greatest faction of all time. It defined the Attitude Era, the 90s. Blah, 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 blah. You can't compare DX to the NWO. Sorry. I don't give a shit. I know with the victors come the spoils, and they like to rewrite history. I'm sorry. NWO is bigger than DX. Period. End well, of hang sentence. On. NWO, the original NWO was revolutionary. It helped change the business. It got very, very watered down. We had the black and red. Wasn't Sting the leader of the black and red? Listen. Let me tell you something when it comes to DX, because you're talking Brother. about the different variations of NWO. Let's bring up the caca poo poo uh, d- uh, DX version that they came out with Shawn Michaels and 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 Triple H. The caca poo poo version that was throwing out green neon sticks. But it was a different generation. Caca poo poo DX. This is okay. this is a uh, this is a faction that broke barriers that crossed lines and then they come back you know eleven years ago and they're like gaga poo they had to be because they were they were fathers now fucking bullshit I got it I mean <laughs> fuck they just piss on everything can't have anything way, nice was with an, them you can't have anything nice. Do you remember who was an honorary member of DX then? Who? Hornswoggle. <laughs> I was remember that it. fiasco? They go under the ring and they went on the tour of Hornswoggle's house under the ring. Yep, he's getting angry. <laughs> he just broke a glass at his house. Hi, this is Adam Shine. The Adam Shine Podcast is back for another football season. I'll give you my passionate, hard-hitting takes every week, including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice, all while talking to the biggest guests in all the sports, celebrities, media personalities, diehard football fans on a weekly basis. It's the Adam Shine Podcast with new episodes dropping on Tuesdays. You can listen to the podcast anytime with the SiriusXM app, iTunes, Pandora, and with Stitcher. Did Sting ever join the NWO? Correct. No, right? No. And you have to... So, wait. I want to... This is... I mean, no, it's a false count anywhere Friday. But you're basically saying that you feel the NWO was more powerful than DX. Yes. Wow. And you're saying the NWO was more over than DX. Yes. Wow. That's That's... Big statements. I let agree me ask you. Let me ask you a question. The, the original NWO, which I consider Hall, Nash, and Hulk Hogan. Yes. 
Then once it started getting everyone added to it, I think it was really diminished. Um, I know there was a few versions of DX, but the main version was, uh, you know, but I disagree because DX, when they did that skit and went to the scope with the tank, with Road Dog, Billy, uh, China, Sean, oh no, Hunter, Sean wasn't even there, or was he? I don't no, think Hunter Sean was, was there. there. Hunter was there. Sean wasn't. Right. When that, yeah, because the first one was China, Sean, Hunter. Yeah. And then the New Age Outlaw. I, I would totally say that DX was was a bigger, bigger group than NWO. And I'm saying this from my opinion. I would love if someone actually was able to tabulate who sold more T-shirts. Because again... The- you're but so then you wrong, think Tommy, about what DX did. I love did. you to death. You're so wrong. You know why? Okay. Wait. What, but what, what DX also did was help change that meter and got, because they were doing stuff that was so controversial uh, and helped change the meter to putting Raw and WWE on top. That's just my opinion. Uh, I'm sure the nation would be begged to differ. Here's the thing. And you know this house of hardcore and everything else. If you go to a, and obviously not now because there's the pandemic, but if we, if this was before the pandemic or when we get past the pandemic, almost at every pro wrestling show you go to, there's an NWO shirt. Mm-hmm. You can't find a DX shirt unless it's some like homeless guy that just rambled into the arena. You're not seeing a DX shirt, Dude, DX but you see, you see NWO shirts all the time. I disagree. I'm also th- I'm saying New Age Outlaws, Hunter, um, that X Pac dude that was bigger than the NWO. That's my opinion. <laughs> at first, <sighs> if you look at the barometer, the NWO came first, kind of, sorta. But are you are you going to now be on the bump? Are we going to see you on the bump? I'm now? not on the bump, Dave. Listen, man, I could tell you a million stories uh, from my personal life where like for me i realized i didn't stand a chance at times and once i got to know the system i got to understand it because i was always a rebel hey everyone this is former nfl linebacker and current sirius xm nfl radio host kirk morrison and i'm here to tell you about my new podcast total coverage each week i'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results whether we're breaking down player techniques game plans or coaching philosophies we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances new episodes will be available every tuesday on the sirius xm app pandora and apple podcasts what faction was better dx or the nwo i want to know yeah because i think most people prefer the poo poo caca uh version of dx that came but later they told the you it was going to be a poo poo caca it was also a a more going towards a politically correct era can you believe dave listen man Poo-poo the times caca. have changed. Forget about everything about ECW. Forget about mm-hmm. that because yes. that could not exist in this. But any version of DX could not uh, get over today. Like even thing like I remember the sergeants where they would like because uh, Sergeant Slaughter would spit when he talked coronavirus. Um, <laughs> the sausage Shit. stuff. 
or, you know, saying the the sexual innuendos, you know, you know, the ECW, we were the first to actually have flashers. We, we were the ones, I was the one that started that DX was the one that then jumped on the bandwagon, but they would, I ask, get it. I'll, I'll, Tommy, what you're saying is hundred percent correct. All I'm saying is when you talk about DX and you talk about their history, a lot of people, the one negative that people are going to say about the NWO is that it went on too long and there was too many members. If you're going to let that into the conversation, you're going to let it bleed into the conversation, then you're going to have to let it bleed into the conversation of the Poo Poo Kaka DX version. Okay, but listen. but That's Sean, all I'm saying. Sean Hunter Poo-poo and Kaka. China. Sean Hunter and China started it first. Then we had the NWO and then we had DX. Correct. Yes. So if this group was the one that started it first and then spawned the NWO, which then spawned another version of DX, DX right in there because they did it first. Would you say that the big reason why I had one one second, I'll bring you into the conversation Uh one second because Tommy's got me heated. Wouldn't you say that the big reason why we got the whole 83 weeks was because of the NWO? Absolutely. Wouldn't you say the greatest heel turn of all time is when Hogan became a member of the NWO? No. What what is it then? It's not the greatest heel turn of all time because people cheered. And then they also they had They were throwing shit into the ring. That was fake. That was orchestrated. That was fake. I don't believe it. Okay. Sorry, you still have those WCW bliders. I know NWA, stay, please. Young Dave LaGreca, Ricky Steamboat, answer my letter. Why would you go and make more money? He did. Did he or did he not answer my letter? Perhaps one of the greatest matches of all time. How dare you do that to me in my denim jacket with Led Zeppelin pins on it? Did he or did he not answer my letter? (laughs) He answered my letter. You're holding this against the WWE for years. You, you're still going the NWA. The NWA, listen, we talked about it, and hopefully it airs next week. We talked about the NWA slash WCW doing things that to other companies that WWE has done before WWE did them. About uh, shitting all over or caca poo-poo, whatever you want to say. Look what they did to, to Mid-South when they had that uh, merger. Look when they tried to go expand. Gosh. What does that have to do with Sting jobbing out the Triple H at WrestleMania 31 at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? At 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Let me throw you out there when they owned everything, the Alliance. Did that have to happen? No. But that's your ego. That's my penis is bigger than your penis. And my penis is bigger than everyone's penises, by the way. It's true. Okay. And you had something to add to this. Yes, yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to say, so we're not disrespecting the gentleman. Uh, may he rest in peace. But being a DX purist, if it doesn't have the late Rick Rude standing in the background silently in a suit holding a briefcase, it's not the real DX. All right. I agree. He didn't yeah. really contribute much to that group, but I agree. Just his presence. And then he just jumped ship. He did Went jump ship. Yeah. And didn't do much. Think of all the, hey, listen, I, I get that, but like, think of all the guys that then jumped ship and, and did they have as big as careers in WCW when they were just hiring all these people? Listen, there's, a, I always say history repeats itself. 
Look at what happened when all everyone was jumping ship uh, left and right. Yes, we as fans, we all tuned in. But then if you think of career trajectories, do you, do you think certain guys that went from WWE and jumped ship uh, to WCW, that their careers took off once they went to WCW? Rick Rude, a classic example, didn't uh, wasn't the best True. after that. Though he was hurt, but he was more of a managerial role. Uh, so what I'm just trying to say is history repeating itself. When uh, when before the pandemic, WWE just hiring literally every single person off of the indies or off of uh, other companies just so they have somebody because they have that expendable income. Did that help certain people's careers? No, because once the pandemic hit, they realized, oh, we got to start cutting bait on some people because they're literally doing nothing with them. And then it's beneficial to the other companies that this has happened. But what I'm trying to say is like, we're talking history. History always repeats itself. So you're this, you know, I get it. You're an NWA purist guy. So is I. And, but you got to realize like these business tactics or all this stuff that, that went down behind the scenes, they kind of did it. We've discussed it. You was like, you know, they've did some of these pretty shitty things too, that, you know, you go after WWE for this is bottom line. We're talking, if we're talking, hey, DX was first, then came the NWO, and then back to a second version of DX into a third version of DX. Yes, it is super cool, but DX did it first, and DX did it more in your face. WWE had all the, I'm um, sorry, NWO had these personalities that did jump, and it was before its time, and it worked, and it helped them take over for a little bit. But it was, these are also stars that the WWE had created. WCW, I feel, created two things. Well, no, three. I'll say they created Sting, even though he came from Mid-South and was getting super duper over there, UWF. They created the NWO and Bill Goldberg. If we're, we're measuring... WCW versus WWE, WWE created a lot more. Uh, WCW, you talk about the three, th three things they created, the NWO, Sting, and Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg looks like he's going to have a match at WrestleMania, and AEW just had one of the biggest ratings they've ever had so far in their young uh, life. So I guess those, those three things are still big even now in 2020, even though two, uh, WCW went out of business in 2001. And uh, remember when Vince McMahon bought Georgia Championship Wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> Want to see uh, him break his computer? Uh, Sting, um, three match, three singles matches in the WWE. First match, WrestleMania 31 loses to Triple H in an ODQ with the help of DX. He beat the Big Show on Monday Night Raw, and then the loss to Seth Rollins at Night of Champions. So. Uh, I would think that what Sting feared, and now he's even said publicly that his run was not exactly stellar, uh, I think Sting deserves a nice way out. AEW is going to do that. But but my original point of the conversation, there was no reason for Sting to lose to Triple H at WrestleMania 31. And then, as always, when Tommy and I are on here, it goes to a much bigger conversation. And, Tommy, you know better. And not nice. We've talked about this before. Don't bring up 
Black Saturday in front of me when I'm in a bad mood and I'm and uh, and my ire is up and I'm aggravated. That's just not nice. What? Where did you get a drumstick all of a sudden? What do you got going on? I had another drumstick, but I think I you broke just had it that. In your oh, hand. No, here it is. What are you doing? You're I got their pens. Their pens. Oh, okay. their pens. Yeah, their pens that look like drumsticks. And I'm trying to throw out these pieces of glass that I broke over my last tirade. But I never left the Zoom box. I think you would be proud of me. During that last tirade, I did not leave the Zoom box. Ed, did I leave the Zoom box? <laughs> no. Okay, good. I would like to say that your pitching form, Wait. even in the pandemic, has not changed. <laughs> Hang on. Because you threw it kind of like when you threw that thing back studio the forever. shoe when i threw my you shoe like, yeah what are the parameters exact parameters for the zoom box because part of you was still in the zoom box you didn't vacate the zoom box completely you have you to see my contained. eyes did were you uh, able to see my eyes no 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 and i was not in the zoom box all Violation. right all right, violation. All right. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, an Apple podcast. Well, as you said, because um, you mentioned that Stone Cold Steve Austin, his day is 316. So we dedicated the show today to the legendary Trish Stratus because it's her birthday. And who better to get on to end this show than the legendary Trish Stratus on her birthday? Happy birthday to you. Well, thank you. I mean, I have to come on if the whole day is dedicated to me. This was my idea, Trish. Sorry, I put you on the spot here. I dedicated for it. I, I negated Austin's birthday. Shouldn't happen today. It's all about you. March 16th is his, his day. It's fine, right? It's, yeah, that's right. Duh. See, you get me. Oh, Always have. Hello. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I, to be honest, when you texted me yesterday at 1218, um, you know, because, you know, for my birthday and also to be the one of the first people to text me as the clock struck midnight, and then you pitched this idea uh, you know, we, we worked it out. We talked about it. We talked about some character changes, some story arcs and things like that. I thought it was a great idea. Uh, you're giving me way too much credit. What are you doing on your Trish Miss birthday? <laughs> Guys, I am having the craziest day. So I got up around like seven. Um, okay. I, I uh, made breakfast for my kids. Uh, we, we drove um, one child to school. We faked a drop off because my son finished actually yesterday, but don't tell the three-year-old. And then we came back home and then uh, my cleaning lady is coming today. So I'm actually cleaning up for her so that there's more surface area and there's like, you know, most toys on the floor and that's it. You know, and here I am at 12 and then, uh, you know, it's uh, I'm talking to you guys. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better day. You know, it's going great. Well, welcome to being a mother. Happy birthday. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? <laughs> Absolutely. How old are you? I am um, 45. Oh, my God. You look great. Yeah. I look like crap. Thanks. That number sounds like your aunt's age or something, right? Like not, what? 45. Yeah. You look so great, old lady. Thank you there, old grizzled veteran, a friend. Put your I, horn I to, the, to the phone. <clears throat> so what happened to you? You guys were talking about me a lot. I could feel like some, uh, what, what, what's going on? What's going on over there? 
Nothing. I just dedicated your, the day to you, told the nation to yeah. reach out um, and okay. praise you for your greatness. We. I also pitched that you're the surprise ent- uh, partner for Oscar. I start a lot of rumors about you. I love you. I love it. I love it so much. It's wonderful. Thank you for always keeping me in your, uh, you know, words, <laughs> in your breath. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, you guys. This has been yeah. like a super stratifying surprise. <laughs> and, and you have a big project coming up, don't you? Um, I have, you mean my Christmas movie? Yes. Yes. I just, it just came out actually. We, we released it. Um, it premiered in the U S on Thanksgiving and it came out on, it's, it's streaming now on Fox nation. And then in Canada, it will be out on Christmas Eve. It'll premiere on a, a network called city TV. And yeah, I did a Christmas movie. I was, it was so much fun. I had the best time. My gosh, you just can do everything. It's unbelievable. Well, happy birthday to you. I hope you have happy holiday as well. And thanks so much for, for dropping in. I appreciate hey, that. Yeah, let's do it again sometime. I, I love chatting with you guys. And I love you guys. Big fan. So thank you. Thank you. All right, Tommy. guys. Have a Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas. Oh, see, that's what I got to call. I'm calling it that from now on, Tommy. You never know who's going to drop in to the show. Tommy. She always knows how to get herself over, and she knows how to put any word and put it towards her gimmick. I love that about her. Every move hey, she takes- had was a stratosphere of this or that. She's really good at that. Stratisfaction. Good stuff. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.